Hey everyone, I'm L. Jones, host of An Average Fan Podcast and the In-N-Out Hoops Podcast. You can find these shows currently streaming right now on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Amazon Music. Number one rule, continue, and always remember to rate, like, and subscribe to get notifications on when new episodes are out. Now, everybody, the moment you've been waiting on. The show. This is An Average Fan Podcast with your host, L. Jones. suffer on Mondays. James, he chose violence today. Welcome back to the pod, y'all. It's your host, L. Jones, Average Fan Podcast. Stop what you're doing, rate, like, and subscribe. We got a banger today. Glad to have you back. James Harden ain't playing with y'all, man. James ain't playing. We We gonna get into that, that little history. We gonna Talk about that dynamic a little bit between him and one Daryl Morey. Um, Man, we got a lot popping off. Kyrie Irving, supposedly on this all-NBA top 75 list. He was originally part of – did y'all see that making its rounds on social? In one of our instant react segments. (laughs) That's going to be crazy. Also, also – Big moment for the class of 2023 NBA inductees into the Hall of Fame. Awesome moments that were shared from the weekend. Love it. Love every moment of it. We got a lot to get into, y'all. So I'd like to give a shout out and a thank you to one Mr. Jalen Vickers for being on the pod, sharing his life experiences. Awesome dude. I suggest highly and recommend you guys check out that episode now. Y'all can even stop this one. I ain't even mad. Go listen to that pod. Awesome guy. Awesome dude. Doing it the right way. Shout out to him and everything he's doing. Also, shout out to Anthem Pest Control for all your pest control needs. Great service. Reliable. Dedicated. Friendly. Awesome guys coming out servicing taking care of them bugs it's fall y'all we all know that the bugs start coming out man so y'all might want to give a call to anthem pest control no this is not a paid sponsor but i use them out of my own personal necessity right and they do a good job so i gotta shout them out now as i said it's fall y'all it's still summer season technically but it's fall though in the South, we kind of call it the fall, right? School started back. High school football popping off. Y'all, we got we got baseball going off right now. Anybody an MLB fan? Any MLB fans out there? Y'all checked out them Braves? Hmm? Atlanta Braves doing their thing. Okay, right quick. I remember a time, right, when the Braves came off of this World Series win. 
And they had a decision to make with their pillar, their cornerstone, one Freddie Freeman. Should they pay him the money or let him walk and possibly sign with the Dodgers? And they let my man walk. And they went and got this guy named Matt Olson from the Oakland A's. And not a lot of people were feeling that move at that time, just being honest. And we're two years into it now. And this man leads the league in home runs and RBIs. Stud. He's a stud, y'all. Balling out of control. Awesome job with that management team has done putting together that team at a non-New York Yankee-like price. <laughs> what do you know? Go figure. If the Yankees are your team, I'm sorry, but y'all already know what type of business they're into. Speaking of business. Speaking of business. Expansion, expansion, expansion. That's all everybody's been talking about. They told us a long time ago that the gold was out west. And the Big Ten has found gold out west. And now there's not a lot of gold left. Or at least the nuggets no one wants. Talking about the Pac-12, y'all. Look, college football season right around the corner. We're talking about two weeks now. Got camps popping off. Got QB races heating up. Driving the heat index up. Practices, goals, dog days of summer. All that's going in to this college football season right now. Got preseason NFL work. What's been a rookie you guys have been excited to see? That guy that you might have been following in college gets his chance in the pros now. What's that like for you guys? How, how, what do you, what's your thought process on that? I got a couple of rookies I'm keeping my eye on, on. Some of them for personal reasons. Others just because I wanted to see how their game translated to the pros. So I've been tuned in. I'll be honest. Preseason shorter. Three games. So I can't really complain about that, right? Um <clears throat> yeah, we're going to continue on with our Dark Horse series, Power Five Conference, right? We're talking about the Dark Horse in every conference that has a shot to win their conference title. We have already done the ACC. We'll now get into the Big 12 today. So I can't wait till that pops off. We got news dropping left and right. Um, as y'all know, Richard Sherman now. He's going to join Skip Bayless on Undisputed. That dynamic, I mean, <laughs> FS1 had to replace Shannon Sharp in some way. And you go and get the guy who Skip probably arguably had one of the most infamous L's he's taken over his course of TV with one Richard Sherman. And y'all already know. They should put it on the T-shirt. And all my years of living, I'm better at life than you. What a crazy burn. What a crazy burn. No, I'm just <laughs> I'm just saying. So seeing Richard Sherman and Skip Bayless go at it about NFL football, this will be that'll be gold. That'll be classic. Everybody will tune in to see that. So we know he'll be around during the football season. They said somewhere between the fifty and a hundred times a year range, but really and truthfully, y'all. Really and truthfully. Did FS1 drop the ball? Did Skip drop the ball with Shannon Sharp? Or was it just time? Was it just time? 
I mean, I, 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 I used to watch the show and, you know, I enjoyed every bit of it, but you can see that that tension was there. Something that you, not even the most professional person and somebody like a Shannon Sharp could really just sometimes just hold back. It was a lot to take in. So, and they had to, they had to part, I guess. But how do you guys really feel about that though? Those who watch the show. Anyway, enough for plugging other people's stuff. NFL news today, y'all. Did y'all check out the headline? Michael Orr. Yep. Michael Orr. Y'all say, who is that? If you don't know, y'all need to go look him up. But if you do know, you know him from the blind side. Okay, that's really more so the people that don't know. But he's actually a really good football player. He's a left tackle. Played for the Ravens. Successful career. He came out today. He came out today. Similar like James Harden. He was another guy that chose violence on a Monday. I guess I didn't get the memo. I should have chose violence today as well. But I didn't. Thankfully, it's still four other days in the week. So I got time. But anyway. Man, Michael Orr. Said the adoption was a lie. <laughs> oh man. The adoption was a lie. The family never adopted him and they only became his conservators. Nah, man, not the oops, I did it again. Not the Britney Spears thing again. Like, see, and if you saw the movie and you remember the scene where Michael Orr was getting questioned by the NCAA. That's all I'm going to think about now. That's all I'm going to think about. Right? So, what did Michael Orr do, y'all? 14-page petition. He filed this in Shelby County, Tennessee, in the probate court. It claims that the two in question, I won't even mention their names, but you know who they are. They took Michael Orr into their home as a high school student and never adopted him. Instead of that, according to this report by one Michael Michael Fletcher, less than three months after he turned 18, the couple tricked him into signing a document, making them his conservators, which gave them legal authority to make business deals in his name. Yo, that's cold-blooded. That's cold-blooded. That's cold-blooded. But I'm sure it's two sides to every coin, right? I'm pretty sure some of you guys are like, well, if my child was an athlete, if my child was young and successful, I would do the same thing. I would want to, but would you? Right? Like, quite naturally, you would guide them in certain business ventures, right? So those who don't know what a conservator is, right? All right. I'm, I'm schooling y'all. School classes in, se- in session, y'all. It's a legal status, right? And basically, this is when the court appoints a person to manage financial, financial and personal affairs of a minor or incapacitated person. 
They might serve as a guardian who is responsible for establishing and monitoring the physical care of the individual and managing their living arrangements. So do we feel like the family that took him in really just made a business investment and really wanted to see their ROI? Uh, Just throwing it out there Uh, now. Not speculating, but we just talking, right? Okay, so we get we go into details, right? All right, they used their powers as conservatives to strike a deal that paid them and their two birth children millions of dollars in royalties from an Oscar-winning film that earned more than $300 million. While Michael himself, he didn't get anything from the story that would not have existed without him. It's according to the petition, y'all. In the years since, that family, they've continued calling the 37-year-old or their adopted son and have used that assertion to promote or use that assertion to promote their foundation as well as the mother's work as an author and motivational speaker. She got to be a motivational speaker. Y'all, she lied to this dude, told him that he was family. I got to stop talking like this because it really makes me seem like I'm taking sides, but I'm just, I'm just throwing, I'm just throwing stuff out there. Okay. This is what was going on. I'm sure she had good, good intentions in mind. Either way, either way, the lie of Michael of his adoption is one upon which conservators have enriched themselves at the expense of their ward the undersigned Michael or the legal filing says they did not immediately return phone calls Monday to numbers listed for them. Their attorney declined to comment saying that the family will file a legal response to the allegation in the coming weeks. This is big y'all because let's be honest. The blind side was one of those movies in which everybody really liked they really enjoyed the story. It was heartfelt. It was it was so warm. And here it is to find out that if you really paid attention, Michael Orr, it's been stated that he really didn't care for the movie too much because of the portrayal of how he was. And if you really watch the movie, you can understand why. But I just find it interesting that after all this time now, Michael decides to file this petition and this motion. What could have resonated, I guess, inside of him to really file this potential, this uh, petition, excuse me, we may never know, but I just, I just find it interesting. I I really do. Uh, So there's just a lot going on. So we got that popping off in the NFL, man. Switching gears to the NBA. Y'all heard the opening. Y'all heard me talking about James Harden. Him and Daryl Morey. I'm sorry. Okay. Him and Daryl Morey and their relationship. Yeah, Morey. He just he's just a liar. Okay, he's just a liar. I can't believe James Harden did that. I thought it was tripping. When I saw the video, I'm I'm like, no, no, no. We live in a time with AI. I can't trust anything I'm seeing. And then it was just popping up everywhere. It's just James Harden calls. And I thought him and Daryl were cool because you remember that Daryl was the GM when he was in Houston, right? 
So this this whole saga is just weird, right? And here's why it's weird. For the simple fact that James Harden was doing his thing down there in Houston. Daryl got him pretty much anybody he wanted that he could get. And then when things didn't work out, James wanted them people gone. And to the point where when everybody gone, hell, James wanted himself gone. And Daryl didn't really want to budge. And y'all remember it got to the point where that man, James Harden, was accused of wearing a fat suit because he showed up so, so out of shape. It's just amazing, right? To the point where the franchise got rid of him and they shipped him off to Brooklyn so he can be in this situation with Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving. And so we're not going to go into that. We know how that saga played out. All the while, Daryl Morey, he left Houston. Next thing you know, he ends up in Philly. James Harden, where does he want to go? He wants to go to Philly. So it's like, oh, okay, match made in heaven. James gets to get with his guy. He gets to get what he wants. He goes to Philly. Things not really panning out. So all season hits, reports, rumors, swirl, murmurings, right? James wants to trade. James don't want to be in Philly anymore. James wants to go to the Clippers. All while we hear the reports coming from the front office side of the Sixers, just really getting into how they want a King's ransom for James Harden and all this and all that, just to be said and stated that they never had a deal in place to bring the sucker back anyway. Hmm. So this is interesting that now James Harden picks now all of a sudden now on a Monday to come out and say that Daryl Morey is a liar and he has no plans in playing for an organization in which he is at. Now, while everybody's talking and chattering about this, damn, how does Joel Embiid feel? (laughs) Right? First Ben Simmons, now now, uh, James Harden. Oh, my goodness. Can we... (laughs) Can we get Joel some help that's going to stay and really deal? Is it Philly? Is What is it? Isn't the environment? I don't get it. Anyway, James wants to play with the Clippers. But obviously the 76ers are like, no, we're not just going to. We know how this goes with franchises, right? When a superstar is open with a franchise and tells the franchise, I don't want to play here, but the franchise is like, we ain't budging. And if we do trade you, if we do move you, ship you out, we got to get somebody great in return. And when we say somebody, we mean somebody's. We need either a lot of young studs or we need that guy and a couple other picks. Like, we need something. So, it's going to cost the Clippers probably a good bit to get a James Harden. But then you have to ask yourself, with what we got in Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, and now Russell Westbrook, do we really want to bring James into the mix when we might have to sacrifice something really good? Life is all about risk. I'm just saying, sacrificing risk, y'all. So now that we have that, that backstory, that breakdown, what do we think happens? Like, where does this saga go from here? Does James continue to stay obviously not right say they ain't playing so do they trade him houston deja vu part two kyrie irving kyrie irving so 
in one of our, what I would call our, we react to social reacts. Apparently there was a video going around over the weekend of Kyrie Irving of a top NBA, a top uh, NBA 75 tribute video. So apparently Kyrie Irving was initially on the NBA 75 list, but, but somehow he got taken off. Look, I don't want to go into conspiracies, but uh, what do y'all think got him snatched up out of there, right? Was it his stance on, on, on the shots? Or was it the book that he posted? What was it? Or is it just him? It's so amazing. They have really tried to strip this man of everything. And it's just so... It's just so funny because... If we really go digging into people's past, I guarantee you we'll probably find one thing we don't really like about what that person has done. But does that mean we shouldn't forgive him? I don't know. This is a sports show, but I got to drop those life nuggets. I'm just saying. So that whole Kyrie Irving situation is interesting. Needless to say, this man's out here in the pro-am just balling just going lights out look that's what i'm saying y'all peak sports season right <laughs> we got pro ams going off we got Kyrie's going off we got chet versus kd right in some open runs man i just seen clay thompson handling the ball like a point guard yo it is crazy out here during this season those runs that they have in the NBA offseason. They're wild. They're good. They're good to watch, man. They need to start televising that. I'm just saying. I'm pretty sure they might already be thinking about that. Gold Rush. Gold Rush. We're talking about Oregon. We're talking about Washington. Heading to the Big Ten. Joining UCLA. USC. Man, we got real. Oh, we got a real Big Ten West, y'all. It's crazy times we live in. The 2024 calendar will be so exciting due to the fact that all the new teams and the new conferences trying to get settled in and acquainted with each other and jockey for position. But are we really forgetting about other sports? Like, sometimes when this news is reported or when we look at it as a fan, especially those who are fans of football, college football, we kind of forget about the other sports that the colleges have that – might not have that notoriety because that school might not be as successful in that sport, right? But all the logistics, right, all the moving, all the things that this student-athlete has to do, right? Hell, hell, high school is hard enough, right? You're you're at a major D1 college. You're, you're trying to get your education. You're trying to play sports because, hey, you might be on tuition this way or, hey, you might love this sport, but – Man, you got to catch a red-eye flight from the West Coast to the East Coast, then make it back, and all just to go ahead and, what, take a test, take an exam? Like, this is kind of going to be hard. Like, the toll that will that that will be brought on these, these young student-athletes. And during media – during, like, after media days, Missouri head coach um, Drinkowitz had – he had some interesting comments about realignment and that – it could be exciting for football, but what does that really entail for the other sports? So what do we make really of all this expansion talk 
are as we right now are closing in on the new college football. This is something that was talked about. If you if you kept your ear to college football, you've been hearing this. It started before NIL got here, right? When the TV deals came up. Now you get the NIL mixed in. Now you get the marketing, the branding, like everything is ad driven, stream driven, play driven. Like it's so much going on to where it's all this money being thrown around. All these moves are being made. And they always say when you want to know where somebody is going, follow the paper trail. They never lied. And that's something we got to do here because these media deals, they play a factor in a good bit of these talks. Case in point, the Pac-12. Played their self, kind of, right? They played their self when it comes to certain negotiations and talks they were doing previously. Now they're left with four members. Four. That's tough. This is how bad it is, right? Colorado, the Colorado Buffaloes are the worst team in the Pac-12. It is so bad, right, that even they got out of the conference before some of the good teams the big 12 snatch colorado so quick right because they were like damn Dion's there prime is there wow markability right this man comes with his own studio he's he's if you know how Dion sanders was back in the day you already know what he's doing now if you live under a rock you need to stop go check it out go see what he's doing But I'm saying that because this is how crazy the movement has been. Colorado wins one game and they got a conference going after them just because their head coach is very marketable. They believe in his upside. So I found that very interesting when we really look at this whole college football thing. Then we got, you know, the, the guys like Ryan Day, he's always on the hot seat, right? He's the head coach of Ohio State football. He's lost to Jim Harbaugh and the Michigan Wolverines for two years now. This is something that the fans in Columbus are really not used to. And, man, it's a hot topic. <clears throat> How hot is it? Well, he just happened to say, make some comments, right, that just really pissed off the fan base by basically saying, man, we might have to start looking at this rivalry game differently. Them were fighting words. They were already ready to fight, fire this man for losing the last two years. But I just beg to ask the question. Any of those people that lived through the John Cooper days, they probably would have committed suicide if they lived in these times, right? And I don't want to use that word to offend anybody, and I'm sorry if I did, but I'm just saying those were rough times as he had great teams and he lost to the Michigan teams over and over and over again. So Ryan Day, very successful, right? I get it. He's lost to Alabama. He's lost to Georgia. Now he's lost to Michigan twice. He still has a chance to turn it around. So sky's the limit, but I kind of get some I kind of get where some of these guys were coming from. With these comments, the timing of it, it was just bad, right? It's different if you say that and you haven't lost the last two years and it's just like, oh, he's probably just tired of whooping whooping up on Michigan, man. He don't care. But to to lose the last two in the fashion that they did, it just, 
the homerism, right? The Buckeye fans, they, they really don't like it. So take that as, as what it may. So when we were talking about the Pac-12, right, only four teams left, right? Do you know that Notre Dame is pushing or was pushing the ACC to sign these four teams in hopes to lure Notre Dame football to join a conference? Uh-oh. Because we know Notre Dame to be one of the biggest independents out there. But then we have this situation with Florida State. Yeah, we got a situation with Florida State. Florida State is basically hitting the ACC with the Jerry Maguire, right? Show me the money. They're very attractive out there on the open market. And let's be honest, if the price is right and they get out, mm -mm -mm, it's open season on the ACC. We're going to end up with a two-conference model similar to the NFL. Guess what? Top four teams, they're already playing 15 to 16 weeks of football anyway. Now the kids are getting paid. And it's going to be the end of amateurism. And they're going to be basically professional athletes. And people complain that this ruins the integrity of college football and everything it stands for. I just think maybe if they make some adjustments to the NIL rules and really have an actual governing body and not the NCAA who picks and chooses what they want to do and when they want to get into stuff, I think that the college football will be better off. But, hey, what do I know? I'm just a guy who makes podcasts. So as we get into the crust, the crux of what we're here for, right? Y'all want to hear me talk about this Dark Horse series. That, that's, really what you, that's really what you came for, right? So I'm here because we're talking dark horses in every conference, right? Not the people who we suspect, obviously, to win, but somebody who, if the elements line up correctly, if everything really just percolates right, this team can go ahead and conquer it all. Now, when we talk about the Big 12, when we talk about the Big 12, what is the one thing that popped in our mind about the Big 12? Okay? Especially when we're talking about last year, right? We're not going to talk about, oh, Texas and Oklahoma. No, no, no. We're talking about just last year. What stood out to you about the Big 12 last year? TCU getting throttled by Georgia. But TCU was in the playoff. So that was a big accomplishment for the Big 12 Conference. But guess what, y'all? TCU didn't even win their conference championship. That's right. If you didn't follow it last year, you know now. Spoiler alert. Kansas State beat TCU in the conference championship game. And then they went on. They, they got beat by Bryce Young in Alabama pretty bad. But, hey, you know, Alabama was pretty mad because they weren't in the CFP. It's neither here nor there. But all I'm saying is, TCU was the darling of the Big 12, and they got beat in the conference championship. Texas was struggling, beating themselves in games, which they should not have, so they played themselves out of a conference picture. And Oklahoma, in Brent Venable's first year, was utter doo-doo, 
Okay, I'm sorry, and I'm only comparing them to their contemporaries. Obviously, we know that they got skill sets. Come on. But when you're talking about a team who Lincoln Riley had humming, and then he leaves, and you bring in a defensive-minded Brent Venables, whose defense at Oklahoma was doo-doo, this is what you get. So they weren't very good last year. So you have these teams, situations and conditions are just right, and it just it just percolates, it just bubbles, and then it just pops. So as I look at this, as I look at this Big 12 conference, right? As I go through who I feel could be a dark horse, right? Because the Big 12, hey, Big 12's got a lot of a lot of teams, right? We're gonna go down the list. You got Baylor, BYU, shout out to BYU, UCF, Cincinnati, Houston. Iowa State, Kansas, Kansas State, Oklahoma, OK State, TCU, Texas, for now, Texas Tech, and West Virginia. Now, as we as we get into this thing, obviously, Oklahoma and Texas always will jump out to you in the Big 12. It's like that in every conference, right? This is why the Dark Horse Series is so fun, because every conference has two to three teams in which you can pencil in or guarantee that they will be fighting for a crown, right? SEC, who do we get, who jumps out at you immediately? immediately? Alabama and Georgia. And then you can pencil in a third team, whether it be your Tennessee, your LSU, or your Florida on any given year. Big Ten, they're the same way. Right now you got Michigan dominating the Big Ten for the past couple of years, but it's always been Ohio State's conference. And then – you have that other team, right? Your Penn State or your Wisconsin. It's always that other team. We know the Pac-12, the Oregon, the USC, but you always have that other team that pops up. So in the Big 12, you got a lot of teams in which, man, in conference play, in it showed last year, Oklahoma was not on their game, and they paid dearly for this. If Oklahoma can get back on their game, what does that exactly look like, Right? Everybody knows Texas, man. If Texas comes out and they beat Alabama in week two in Tuscaloosa, man. So that makes the Dark Horse series even more interesting as we focus in on this Big 12, right? We remember Kansas getting off to the 6-0 start and then lost the next six. Ugh. Cincinnati, what does that look like in this rebuild? If they go through it. TCU, right? How do they follow up Sonny Dyke's first year? How do they follow that up, right? CFP national champion runner-up. <laughs> I know some folks in Columbus like, nah, don't even do that, L. Don't even do that. But I'm just saying, right? How does TCU follow that up? Losing your top receiver, your quarterback. Who was in New York? What does Gundy do with OK State, right? So I'm saying all that to say I'm about to make my pick. Before I get out of here, I'm about to make my pick. The team who I feel like will be the dark horse and who I probably feel like has a great chance to win this conference it's Kansas State. Kansas State gives me a vibe similar to that of Utah in a team in which when the things line up right 
and the style of play that they play, they can get you. And wouldn't it be crazy to see them go back to back and win? And to do it possibly over a Texas or Oklahoma? Man, what would that mean for the Big 12? Especially with those two teams leaving. Can Will Howard get it done? Right? No Deuce Vaughn this year, y'all. No Deuce Vaughn out there for the K-State fans. But I think Little Manhattan, Little Manhattan can really be jumping. And that team, that Kansas State, those those cats, that's my dark horse team for the Big 12. Just throwing it out there. Shout out to K-State. So now we got Louisville in the ACC. We got K-State in the Big 12. Y'all, I'm going to the Big 10 next. Next episode, we're going to talk about the Big 10 and their dark horse. We got some tight races and some tight battles. We got a lot of good things coming up. I can't wait to share them with you on the pod. Hey, man, we about to start leveling up. We about to start growing. I cannot wait to share and let y'all experience all this goodness together as we all grow. This has been your host, L. Jones, Average Fan Podcast. I'm out. <laughs>